0: All right, Colin, we're doing this shit. <laughs> that was weird. That was weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to. I had to give it a second to make sure everything was recording. Uh, but let me just say that episode sixty six sounded better than it sounded in quite some time, and I'm pretty happy with that. So episode sixty seven, we are back, baby, with that Zen caster love. With that Zen caster. Uh, I gotta be honest. Like they really have made a fantastic software like if i was going to sponsor something or if i was going to like seek a sponsorship and like promote something i would totally do zencaster and the fact that you're doing i see what you're doing there what say sponsor us zencaster i will hawk your shit i will hawk your shit uh no honestly like i was definitely one of those people that said you know you cannot you cannot get in-person sound not being in person like i i really felt like Fuck, man, this is going to be the death of our good audio once we leave the Zoom. Not no. Zoom. Not Zoom. Wait, no. It's a Zoom. Zoom H6. It's not Zoom. That's weird. What? I never thought about that. The fucking little thing that I used to record. Oh, them, like, oh, 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 yeah, yeah. It was a Zoom H6. Interesting. And then we went to do, we went to remote and we started recording through Zoom. Interesting. Mm, interesting. Uh, But yeah, I would totally... Anybody out there that wants to start a podcast, you guys should just take your ass over to Zencaster right now. It's fucking awesome. All right, man. Let's just jump right into some shit because I've been waiting to talk about this because I think it's fucking hilarious. I'm not going to put on blast exactly who it was, right? Not who it was, <laughs> but I just want to share this story because I thought it was funny and you and I kind of already talked about it. So how, uh, how, uh, close to who it is are you going to be? It's family. It's straight up immediate family. Okay. We'll stop there. <laughs> it's immediate family. Um, so uh, I was looking into what these birds are around my house. Cause, you know, in Arizona, we've got these birds who I always thought pigeons like literally didn't give a shit about anything. Like I thought they were like the fucking gangster bird, uh, especially in like New York and shit like that. But in Ohio, pigeons were like the gangster bird. Out here, we have these birds that quite literally don't give a shit about anything. Uh, I get way closer to them and they're bigger than pigeons. So I had to figure out what the fuck they were. I knew that I thought they were some type of like quail or something. So I had made a comment that these specific birds uh, were like the pigeon of Arizona. And somebody commented on my Facebook. And I the, the way I want to set this up, I'm just going to deliver it. And then I want to explain why it's way <laughs> just less gonna harmless. Deliver, just going to peel the band-aid off. <laughs> yeah. And I will to explain why it's way less harmless. Uh, this person said, we don't have pigeons around our house because the Asians moved in and started eating them all. <laughs> <laughs> and like at face value, that is hilarious. At face value, uh, it's also exceptionally racist. Right. Well, I guess that, at face that's value. what I mean. That's what I mean. It sounds... Very racist, I don't mean that it's hilarious uh in a racist way at face value I mean it's hilarious because this is something happening in my personal life that highlights what probably happens more common or like more commonly than we think. This is a comment that anybody that doesn't know the backstory would absolutely take out of context uh, which makes you think like how often does this actually happen? how often do people get dragged on the internet and things like that when it was Probably a semi-harmless comment that some person that doesn't know the backstory just took out of context. Yeah. Right? So that's the bigger story here. Now, the real backstory is that, th- that they're being 100% legit. Like, I know there are two families. They actually are Asian. They did move into the neighborhood, and they literally did start eating birds and a cat. How do you know that Pro- for sure? Okay. Oh, yeah. So you told me how. Yeah. Because I'll tell our listeners, well, uh, there was a store close by, and from time to time, they would give the neighborhood kids, like, uh, you know, hey, run this garbage out to the trash can and we'll give you a free candy bar. Or like, hey, we run across the street and pick up my TJ's order. I just called in and I'll give you a free whatever you want. Um, one time, taking the trash out, <coughs> a cat carcass was found. Well, I should say like the skin and tail. It was clear that this thing was dismembered in some form of organized fashion. Uh, I can also say that somebody from the household went to school with someone in my family and quite literally said, yeah, we eat those (laughs) birds. So when this person said that, they weren't lying. Like – And I don't think they meant it from a, you know, a weird like, uh, Asians came here and ate all the weird birds. That's like not what it was, but literally anybody who reads that that doesn't know the legitimacy behind the story, 100% would see that. That being said, I had to hide that fucking comment. (laughs) I don't have time to, I don't have time to explain that to everybody. Boy, that person, uh, needs, needs a talking to. About yeah. the what year it is, eh? Maybe that person was also born a million years ago. Shit's this different, man. What do you what do you do you expect to change? Some of these people that were born. No, that, I you actually
1: know- no, I, I I do think that there's there's a line. I, I, well, obviously there's a line, but you know I do think that. Uh, ex- expecting, and you hear a lot of comedians talk about this specifically, uh, because it's just something that comedians bring up. But like, uh, expecting some dude who grew up in the forties or the fifties or the sixties who got the shit kicked out of him by their by their dad, and and who you know only knew of other races as specific horrible stereotypes and then, you know, continue to surround themselves with that as they grew up. Like, like there's only so, there's only so far you're going to get somebody to change in that way. It's so ingrained in them. Uh, but at the same time, there's also like, you also got to expect some people are adults and you kind of just look around like, you know, maybe, Maybe you don't talk, maybe you don't say that anymore or say that word anymore or say that thing anymore. I don't know. The, I know.
0: mean, I, Jeez. yeah, you got a horse, you got a horse uh, coming
1: downstairs. I think every animal in my house has ran down the stairs at the same time.
0: Hell yeah. Uh, I've also heard okay, so this same person also once referred to uh, gay people as the gays. And I thought that was weird too, uh, because they said uh, they were re- referencing a neighborhood. So the neighborhood <laughs> that they live in is going through and has been for quite some time going through some gentrification where it was a predominantly blue collar, low income neighborhood. Um, and as gentrification does these, you know, people move in, they raise the value, a lot of new things, shops, a lot of small businesses close down and a lot of hip shit goes in, right? Uh, so they were talking about that, um, and just kind of generally said like, well, I'd rather have, I'd rather have the gays move in because they take care of all of their property. Uh, and was talking about how like some of the low income, they don't have the means or the, I guess, desire in some situations. I
1: mean, they're there's a lot about that sentence and the thought process behind it. That is problematic. Yeah. At the very least. I do think that the gays is one of those ones. And you know what? Any of my gay friends who are, if you're listening to this, please slap me if I'm being stupid. But, uh, I do feel like that's one of those ones. That's like, really depends on your intent behind it. You know, like, I I wouldn't, I don't see anything wrong saying like, yeah, well, you know, don't, don't want to piss off the gays or something like that. You know, like that's lighthearted. But if you say like, I'd rather the gays move in. I know. Seems a little bit, little bit. uh, That
0: that is my problem. All we're ever arguing about nowadays in mo I don't say all because that I, I can't generalize it that much, but like a lot of times what we're arguing about nowadays is literally the intent you're arguing about someone's intent. Because again, you can say it two different ways, but if I know you and you don't have the intent behind it, I'm not going to take it a certain way. It's lighthearted. If somebody else who I know has intent behind it and they say it the same way, I'm going to take it as way more aggressive. I'm going to get defensive about it. Like We're arguing about intent more than we're not. Uh, It just so happens I know this person quite well and I know that they mean nothing, but... Holy shit. Like some of the comments that fly out of this person's mouth are, uh it, it make me, it kind of cringes me up. I'm like, Ooh, yeah. You know, it's interesting
1: because we, you know, they talk about intent. We talk about intent and we talk and, but this is our generation and moving forward are, you know, we all communicate mostly through text medium. So that's the first complaint is, yeah, well through text, you don't know intent. Well, you know, I gotta say, it it makes my old guy in me roll my eyes big time uh but you know gen z's got got it kind of figured out they like there's certain the more kind of more woke gen z kids like actually like will like have like a hashtag or like a slash on the end of their tweets that say like sl- slash sarcasm or like they're like mm-hmm. they're like they're like shorthand for like joking or sarcasm or seriousness. And it's like, like I said, like the old guy, old man stimulus is just like, Oh yeah, bunch of babies, you know, just toughen up and figure it out. But you know, our generation has been complaining about that since we were teenagers about how, well, you never know what somebody means through text. Well, you got a whole generation that kind of figured it out how to do it. So yeah. hats off to them for it being come- dorks.
0: <laughs> it comes from uh from from just having to cover cover your ass. It's total CYA. You need to make sure that it's not taken the wrong way because we just do live in a absolutely more more sensitive world and I don't mean that in from a bad perspective. I mean like people are more in tune with other people's feelings and how things could be construed. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, it's I'm not, mad not at that.
1: necessarily That's the thing. I feel like the gut reaction to the tough guy nature in all of us is to say we live in a more sensitive world. And I I get the sentiment, but that's not necessarily what it is. We live in a more empathetic and sympathetic world. We live in a world where it is we are starting to turn the tide and we are starting to get through to people that, hey, try to think about things from the other person's perspective.
0: Emotional inte- intelligence. That's what speaking, it is. Speaking of that, I was watching the fucking Bachelor <laughs> et the other night. Oh, no, okay. Oh, yeah, I'm glad that you put the et on the end of it. It makes a lot more sense now. No, yeah, what, that doesn't help anything. No, I wasn't. Why'd you no. say it? You said it's so strong. No, I, I wasn't. You're, I was only saying it
1: because I was. I don't watch the show. I would just happen to be in the room and I just wanted to clarify what was on. And there was all these douchebags. These guys are all douchebags. They're all the exact same, all these guys. Yeah. And Bunch of but there's these two guys fucking arguing and he keeps talking. He keeps talking about EQ and I'm like, what the fuck is EQ? And then he explains it and it was like, and this was like once he was like having a private conversation with the, with the woman, with the bachelorette. He like goes on to explain as if he was giving a business seminar. And I am just like, could you imagine how miserable that life would be that like ev- you talk about everything as if like it's like, it has a monetary something that you, that, you know what I mean? Like this guy literally was talking to a woman. Like, I thought he was, he had a look on, he he thought he was really fucking getting it too. You know what I mean? Really
0: delivering, really delivering.
1: But it was like, it it was, he could have been talking about a report. Like, it was just, it's so weird to me. These are this kind of like weird culture of having to measure everything
0: in in weird ways. Yeah. I mean, data is king, you know? And I, I mean that across the fucking board if it can't be measured is it even valuable there's a question for you if it can't be measured is it valuable in today's world oh in today's world no <laughs> for sure I mean that I think that's a bigger
1: philosophical question uh, I don't know I guess I start just feel like those episodes of Black Mirror where it's mm-hmm. like everybody's got like a rating like a social status rating which we're already not
0: far away from with rating everything uh, in general. Aren't they doing that in like uh, is it China? P- probably. But I, I'm, I I'm pretty sure. Like I, I think that you get a social score, you get a rating, I feel like in China. It's fucked up. That's that's not a fucking joke. Like if I I if I got the country wrong, then I got the country wrong, but uh, definitely think it's happening right now. So I have this coffee in my hand and it's, uh, 100% black. I have black coffee. It's nitro cold brew from Starbucks. Um, I had a weird thought while I was getting a coffee the other day. Uh, I found a really good place I like outside of Phoenix. Um, it's this place called Four Silos and I've been looking for like good, you know, smaller, like craft coffee where like the latte is fucking phenomenal. Like it was back home um at uh Roosevelt coffee house. So Amy and I went there on just a happenstance. We were over that way. found it, went, had the best coffee I've had since I've been here. It's like, holy Shoot. shit. That was amazing. I went back a couple weeks later, got another one again. Amazing. Then it took me, you know, it wasn't like I went, or I guess I maybe went like a week apart. Then it took me like two and a half weeks. So when I got there, I was like, I got to get the big one. I'm getting the fucking large. I get the large. It was kind of gross. And kind of bummed me out. Uh, first, I blamed it on a different like, barista person. Go back, I don't know, a week later, feeling like I needed to uh, fix what was wrong in the world. And I get another one. I'm there. Obviously, I got to get a large. Got a large. Again, it was gross as fuck. It was kind of bumming me out because the first few times I had it, it was like the best coffee I had in town. And then after that, it was like way too sweet. It tasted like something you get from like McDonald's or something. It fucking dawned on me. Different coffee sizes, like you can't just like get a latte as a medium and then get a latte as like a large, like it's not the same thing. It's not even the same coffee. The ratio is completely fucking different because they still only put the same amount of espresso in it. Really? Literally. Yeah. It's two shots of espresso for a medium. This is the same at Starbucks. It's two shots. And a venti, two shots. It's just more of the sweetener and the milk. So – Oh, well, that's dumb. But I, I mean
1: I never even have to think about that though because all of my coffee sizes is the same because I only – they're only the same thing
0: just straight up coffee i mean that's that's dope like i like straight up (laughs) coffee i like pour overs and stuff like that but i love like uh vanilla or hazelnut latte is basically like the pepperoni pizza to me it's my baseline for judging your coffee creating abilities it's not just you know grinding up beans and literally putting hot water on it like i want to see you craft me one i want to know what kind of milk is it whole milk better be whole milk You know, like, that's what, yeah, that's, I'm fucking coffee snob when it comes to that. So it dawned on me, like, I don't know. I don't, I I think now I need to go back and get a medium and see if that's what's fucking me up. I feel like it's.
1: That makes a lot of sense because, I mean, when you're cooking and you are doing different portions, you change the ratio of the recipe to. Yeah,
0: it's not, it's not always like double the spices it's sometimes it's like this one gets one and a half this one gets two like there's an actual formula when you're doubling uh when you're doubling or you know even like three quarters a recipe like it, it's not always yeah. literally just cutting them all funny enough when you when you uh when i texted you and said i was making coffee so i would be a couple
1: more minutes i had i was like i had everything going the Chemex was ready. The coffee was ground and was waiting for the water to heat up. And I did the first pour over step and then got, and then did the second pour over step. And at this point, it was already like, I was already over time, over, over my 810. And, uh, and then I go up there to do the third pour over step and the filter had broke and I lost a whole mm. fucking. And I only have enough to make another pot tomorrow morning and with, before I go to the store. So I had one target brand Keurig cup. So that's what I got.
0: And that's what you're sipping on. Instead what are you, of the, what do you, uh, what are you juicing up for, man? Like, are you gotta, are you staying up late tonight playing some video games?
1: No, nah, I do have some, I do have a little bit of work to do, but
0: uh, uh no, like I
1: said, I was, I was uh, laying down for like an hour before this. I had been getting Sierra and I put a checklist together this morning and we're just all day just checking shit off the list. And, and, uh, I was exhausted and I laid down for like 45 minutes and got up and I was like, man, if I'm going to have to talk for an hour, I'm going to need to
0: need to get a sauce. Uh, all right. So along the same lines of that weird coffee, uh, that weird coffee thought I had. I recently saw a list that was like, uh it was just this huge list of like, Hey, check out these things that, you know, it was like today I learned. And it was just like yeah. a whole list of like some of the best ones. I, I wrote down four of them from that because I kind of want to quiz you on them. I'm okay. just curious because all four of these, I can tell you right now, I did not know were real. I also didn't check the validity of some of these. So like, But we're gonna go with it. I want to. I want to quiz you on. So is the quiz? Do I already know these things? We're gonna see. I'm. Well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask them to you in the form of a question. Oh, okay, okay. We have a. We do. We have
1: a card game called like I should have known that or something like that, and it's all Mm. like
0: it's all facts and stuff that you probably should know. So, got it. There's also a podcast called Things You Should Know. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh. All right. Number one. Eggplants, right? Okay. Long purple thing. We use it as a dick emoji. Why is it called an eggplant? <coughs> that's not it. That's not, <coughs> that's not it either. By the way, I sneezed in a mask today. Like
1: big, loud, snotty sneeze in a mask yeah. in the hardware store. And I can't like – I could tell there was like snot all over my mustache. And I couldn't like take my mask off in this in the store and like, yeah. Do, so I like lived with it for like five minutes. Anyway, sorry. Uh, something's got me dang allergic right now in this house, but, um, okay. Why it's, is it's, it called the eggplant? Yeah. Uh, it feels like one of those things that Americans came up with a stupid name for it because they didn't want
0: to say aubergine. Hmm. <clears throat> no. So look up, like so an eggplant, like when it first starts growing, yeah, they're tiny, oval, and white. They look just oh, like hard boiled eggs. Hundred percent. I, I honestly like that's one of those things where like I kind of always wondered that. Like whenever I'd eggplant, I'm like, what the f I don't what the fuck is that? Like, what does that mean? And then I never bothered to look it up. This was on that uh Today I Learned. I'm like, son of a bitch. So Today I, I learned.
1: If, I wonder what the word aubergine means. In whatever mm. language. I don't know. Purple egg. Maybe. Dangly little boy?
0: little little, ba- little baby egg that turns into a purple thing? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Barney's Barney's dick. <laughs> All right. Uh something else that blew my mind. <laughs> So <laughs> cuz I said Barney's dick. It's just it like you slipped
1: that one in. You like like the joke was over. Yeah. And then you slip slipped that, that one in. You slipped that one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my god. Oh man, that was uh, funny. That, it, it was I one of those jokes. You. It was one of those jokes that took about a half a second before it clicked. I was like, "Holy shit, he did just say Barney's dick."
0: Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, this one is, is less of a less of a uh, question I can ask you in, or something in the form of a question, but it's just going to be like, hey, did you know this? So owls, like their legs are long as fuck. <laughs> For real? I, I, dude, bro, <laughs> I have always thought an owl had little fucking like two and a half or three inch legs because you only see an owl standing there. Who? You know what I'm saying? With like and that's how you draw that's how
1: you draw them as a kid too.
0: Oh, fucking little sticks. No, that's just like their fucking feathers and shit covering it up. Dude, their legs are like a foot long, at least. It I was I was shook. Like I had to go, I was like, "There's this fucking photo is photoshopped. I don't believe this one specific photo. <laughs> so I had to go to Google Images and type in owl legs and not once. Like nothing in school ever fucking alerted was me. It that like owls a, had. Was
1: it a, the picture that shook you? Like a picture of like a great horned owl swooping down to get something? Because they nah, have big it,
0: legs. It was like an owl standing there, like chilling, like hard style, like just looking at the camera. And then the next image was somebody literally like picking up the feathers and everything and showing <laughs> you the legs. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. That thing is fake. Uh, oh, boy. 100% didn't believe it. Had to look at 10 more images before I was convinced that the shit wasn't fake. So I hope I'm teaching people something right now. This next one, um, uh, this next one's not quite as shocking, but honestly, I went my whole life believing something else. So uh, I wanted to put this one on here. American Gothic. So pretty, pretty famous painting. It depicts uh, a man and a woman and in front of a farm with a, uh, yeah. you know, with a pitchfork, right? Man and woman, what does that depict? What, what is that? What do you see there? Is there a relationship between the two? Or? Oh yeah, I just assumed it was a farmer husband and wife. Dog, that's his daughter. Ugh. Right, right? bro. Yes, it's his fucking daughter. Okay, this is Dude, one she again. She lived a hard life. <laughs> it's it's a hard knock life. Uh no. This is one. This is one I didn't. I didn't look up any further, so let me put that little asterisk next to it, like I did uh, not look this one up. I took that one at face value. I went, holy shit, I've always believed that was bay i I mean it really could have been Bay, but also whole, how many
1: couples have taken photos that look like that as a couple's photo?
0: bingo, and now it's weird. We just made it weird uh, and then <laughs> <laughs> see these are fucking crazy uh and then the final thing, did you know? That the Hollywood sign actually used to have more letters. Yes. Ooh, I didn't know this. For extra points, do I? Can I say yeah, what they are? Yeah, yeah.
1: It originally said Hollywood Land. Yeah, I didn't know that. I saw a
0: picture of it and I was like,
1: "I'm not oh, sure how dickhead. I
0: know." That. I'm not sure how I know that, but I did know that one. Yeah, I was like, "What kind of dickhead photoshopped land on there?" That's stupid. <laughs> and then uh, no, hundred percent. Uh, yeah, shit's crazy, man. I just felt like, uh, you know, we talk a lot of politics stuff, so I I didn't want to make this whole episode politics. I thought it'd be cool to like throw in some random shit. And these were things that, again, I've always liked random facts. I think I mentioned before, I ran the website when I was a kid Mm -hmm. and that was one thing I always did was have random facts on there. This kind of felt like the same thing. So here we are, you know, 25 years later, some more random facts, courtesy of Jeff um, music news, Colin, I know you put something on here. Yeah. I know what this is. I have not done any research. To I have not. Uh, okay. So
1: on Friday, Deftones released, uh, the 20th anniversary edition of white pony, uh, which is crazy. Uh, yeah. I still remember Great. the day I got it. I uh, got in a car accident that day, Um, but
0: while listening to
1: that record on the way home from buying it.
0: Was it also, did it happen to be Passenger? Like, (laughs) was it,
1: did you roll the window down? It wasn't on the way home from buying it. I went home and then I left because it was during the first song.
0: Was there some cool night air? (laughs) I'm going to keep
1: this one going. All right. But, uh, so the, the second part of it though, is that it's the 20th anniversary of white pony, but then they have a second half is black stallion, uh, which is all remixes. And I think that these are like, I think this is something they talked about for a really long time. And these are remixes as far as I know, like from over the years, I could be wrong. Um, but there's, you know, it's a kind of all across the board. I mean, the first song is remixed by the Clam's Casino, you know, and, and and then DJ Shadow remixes a song, uh Square Pusher really uh remixes a song, Robert Smith from The Cure, Mike Shinoda. You know, there's a pretty heavy hitter list of of a uh, Purity Ring, you know,
0: pretty heavy lately knife party. Um You know, that one that one made its rounds quite a bit a few weeks ago. So. So
1: far, I'm and I'm I'm uh, I'm not I don't want to say a whole lot because I want you to hear it first and then we can talk about it more. But uh, I'm in the minority on this one. I like two of the remixes and most of them I feel personally like they ruin the songs. But it's just me.
0: Let me let me get your let me get a temperature check. Where were you on the Purity Ring remix? Not a fan. Really? Okay. So now I'm, now I actually am excited. Uh, cause I, I like that, but I also really like Purity Ring. Um, yeah. I will say that some of the things were a little off putting. Uh, some uh, of the, I
1: the will vocals-
0: say in,
1: in context, my first opinion was they picked the wrong three singles to lead with. Uh, because the the three they released prior were the purity ring remix, the Mike Shinoda remix, and the Robert Smith from the Cure remix. Uh, there are better remixes than all of those on the record that they should have led with, in my opinion. Uh, in context, the purity ring one isn't as bad as I did as I disliked it the first time. Uh, I hate the Mike Shinoda remix of Passenger,
0: like I hate it. Mm. is that because Uh, you like the original song are you one of those people can can you detach yourself from the original song and appreciate it as a remix or do you do you fine i'm just gonna talk about
1: i'm just gonna talk about it and you can listen to it after this Yeah, yeah. uh now here's the thing i don't have a problem with remixes i grew up listening to electronic music i grew up in the late 90s listening to collab scott (laughs) not yet wow uh i uh grew up you know You and I both grew up in the same music scene that was mixing electronics and, and heavy music. That was, you saw tons of remixes across the board. Yeah. And, uh, so tons of remixes. And I'm a big nine inch nails fan and it's a huge remix culture with nine inch nails. And I have no problem with that. And I, and I do think that there's a big part of it is a chip on my shoulder because. I feel so close to White Pony. I feel like it is such a magical, perfect record and uh, that I've listened to so many times. My biggest problem is uh, I like it when an artist puts their own spin on a remix. I think that's cool. I like it when they do something different than the song. I think that's cool. But like, I'm going to use the Passenger remix as an example. It's very interesting. It's like kind of like a big EDM kind of thing, which is fine and cool. Big beats. It's cool. Um, the, he, he uses a new chord progression for the chorus that plays with the vocals in a really cool way. Don't get me wrong. I think it's very interesting how, how Maynard's voice kind of, kind of moves in and out of this new chord progression, but the chord progression is like uplifting and, and, and kind of poppy and it kills the dark kind of scary sexy vibe of the song mm. to me it's like do something cool fuck with it like that but like don't change the the whole mood, mood
0: yeah. you know what i
1: mean so
0: I don't yeah know. I, listen to that, the record oh yeah i'm going to definitely definitely listen to record uh that's not the only record uh, that you turned me on to. Um, you also sent me the new Juicy J record. Oh yeah. Which fucking, yeah. Okay. Standout track by far is the first track. Mm -hmm. That is the fucking standout track. I've listened to that specific track 15 times, at least since you've sent it to me. Some of the other ones, uh, I think, you know, I don't think I ever expected much lyrically out of Juicy J, but there was one song, and I I wish I could tell you which one it was. There was one song that was like, I feel like his entire verse was just you know different ways to say I smoke weed. Oh, it yeah. was like, oh my God. I mean, I've always thought that's just what 3-6 did. That's what Juicy J does. He talks about lean, sipping lean, smoking weed. But he would mix other shit in, and a lot most of the tracks are one specifically on there. I I just I almost had to skip it. I was like, dude, you cannot say like you cannot do two lines about smoking weed and then the next two lines are just a different way to say you smoke weed. Like uh, I don't know. Maybe it's cuz yeah. I don't smoke weed. I just don't give a fuck. I do
1: like the song. I I like how he brings in some of these younger dudes uh and and brings them kind of into that hypnotized minds Vibe, like that young dolph, like I think that song is awesome with him in it, yeah, uh, the song with like I mean
0: hearing Conway do an energetic verse is awesome yeah. no i I thought his features, his features resemble what I would love more people to do don't don't stay in your lane, like pick people that are popping from every every like you know walk of genre or whatever, uh, he did a really good job with the features, I thought, except for. I'm not a fan of Logic. Um, I know that
1: Juicy J and Logic are like dudes. Am
0: am I crazy in thinking Logic produced this record?
1: Logic did not produce the record. Juicy J did, but Logic is who is in Juicy J's tag.
0: Yeah. That would shut the fuck up. Yeah. Would Juicy say shut the fuck up?
1: Yeah. Yeah, That's Logic. I I could, but then he get, I think he did produce a couple tracks and then he, he features in two. Yeah. I'm just not I don't know what it is about that dude. He I, there's just something about him that rubs me wrong. I don't know what never, it is. I I've think he's a really him. talented rapper, but to me there's something about him that just feels really phony and I can't put my finger on it.
0: Yeah. I agree. I what he it is. also I I also don't like the fact that he tries to ride between he he straddles the line of like playing up this like almost white rapper. Like he got a lot of love because he definitely looks white and like everybody pigeonholed him into this like he's the best white rapper, blah, blah, blah. But he's actually mixed yeah. and like he straddles that line and decides like when he wants to be like more on this side of the fence. I don't know. It's, it's weird. It feels very phony. You're right. Uh,
1: but, you know, <laughs> I, I think Juicy J is kind of like if I were to say, you know, yeah, you know, he's the one who kept it the most pop of of all of them after three six split but like his me like his records have been yeah it's another gcj record but this one i don't know it seems a little bit more urgent the beats are pretty hard there's some pretty good features i i really enjoy it it's not like reinventing the wheel it's not gonna probably it's probably not gonna make my top 10 of the year or any
0: by any means but it's a fun fun ass rap record uh when so every once in a while you know, back in the day, like I would, I would do rap records and they'd always be joke rap records. That last one that we did, that was like me, uh, Jordan Slack and, uh, oh shit. Uh, who the fuck was on that? Anyway, there was one other person on it. Oh, uh, oh my God. The name just fucking eluded me. Anyway, we went in with the mindset of let's, let's rap more like, you know, Three six, like that kind of like pocket, bouncy pocket. Uh not too fast, not too slow, just you know, ending ending all your syllable counts pretty much the same. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, so let me go back to passenger for a minute. You talked about like the dark vibe. Um I think that was definitely the allure of White Pony. In general, I thought that was one of the moodier records. Um, the first two were a little more – like the first one was like very aggressive. The second one had some aggressive, but they were really starting to get into the melody more aspect of it, like Be Quiet and Drive and shit like that. Um, and then White Pony was like the moody record. It yeah. had that dark vibe to it. So you had, a, you had something on the board that I feel like plays into that. Like are you emotionally affected by music, like any specific genres? I would anticipate you saying tones. As being one of them.
1: It, yeah, it's, it, uh, well, it is, but it's, it's, it's This is a conversation I had this morning with, with Sierra. We were talking about this and, um, because, you know, as somebody who has spent the better part of my life, realistically, like since I was like 10, uh, listening to sad and or angry music. You know, uh, a lot of people always, they often bring up, you know, how do you listen to this all the time? You know, blah, blah, blah. And, and it's interesting because I feel like certain people are more affected by music than others emotionally, um, and like psychologically. And what, what brought this, uh, what brought this up was, uh, like for a quick example is, is, you know, I one day was listening to, Uh, the Sierra had just got up. I was, I had been up for a couple hours and I was playing Xbox and I was listening to the newest Acacia strain record. And she came down and was drinking coffee and was just like playing animal crossing or something like that while I was playing. And like, uh, it literally made her in a bad, like she was literally in a bad mood afterwards, you know? And, (laughs) and I don't blame her. I mean, it's, it's really, really negative music. And, uh, but it doesn't a uh, negative music, uh, angry music does not affect me that way. Like I could listen to it all day, any day, any day. And I, and it doesn't like make me angry listening to it. It you know, mm-hmm. sometimes I might like, if I'm like in a pissed off mood, it'll like help me let off a little steam. You know what I mean? But, um, sad music. Similarly, uh, I'm getting to a point here. Don't worry. Um, sa- uh, sad music. Uh, Similarly, but you know, cause I think of like bands like turnover or, or title fight or, or, you know, the, or, or other older, emo, or like other older emo bands, you know, there was, you know, a, a lot of the lyrics are like, I'm really sad about a girl or a relationship. So it makes me want to kill myself. And, 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 you know, and it's, it's. Uh, exaggerated sadness. You know what I mean? Sure. And, and like, so that doesn't affect me, but yesterday, so two, 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 I've been affected by angry music and sad music deeply in the last two days. Yesterday I was mixing, uh, some music. Oops. Uh, and, uh, I was. We'll just say Santa might have a little gift for people. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I was working on, on, uh, vocal tone, uh, and so I had, I had Lee isolated and one line that was like really hard and just over and over and over and over for like 45 minutes, you know, while I'm like messing with reverbs and, you know, like stuff like that. And I, I, texted him and I was like, dude, like music doesn't usually like uh, heavy music doesn't usually affect me, but I'm ha this is having a really weird psychological effect. I like feel beat up like this line that feels so angry. Mm-hmm. That's just being screamed into my ears over and over with no music over and over and over and over. Like I felt like it was like, I felt like I had to step away for a while after that. It was really weird. And, uh, cause that doesn't happen. And then this mm-hmm. morning I was listening to, uh, was cleaning and I was listening to the new record by Jesu. Um, and that's the dude who's Justin Broderick, who's also Godflesh. It's his like sad experimental, uh, kind of post rock meets electronic music kind of thing. And I don't know that I've, I, it's been a long time since I've listened to such a depressing record and, where it felt so real. And I like afterwards was like, I don't think I'll be able to listen to that again for a while. And sad music doesn't affect me that way, but it literally felt like a suicide note. Like it was like, so it's just weird. Like other, is there any, I know I just kind of railed on there for a while, but like, it's just interesting. Like for me, it's really hard for music to, to affect my actual emotional state. Uh, is there anything that like gets you, like just hits you right?
0: Yeah. Um, there are a couple songs that have always hit me a certain way, but it's because I relate them to personal experiences. So I'll give you the two examples of the songs, three, excuse me, three songs that stick out and why. And, and then I'll tell you anecdotally, there is a genre that seems to do it to me more than the other. Uh, so number one. You know, I've mentioned before that when I was 18, I got in an accident. My best friend died. Favorite band by far was Deftones. Second favorite band, Incubus. For whatever reason, Incubus, I Miss You, even though that song is more directed at a relationship style, I Miss You, uh, that song has always stuck out to me. Um, And even to this day, it's like weirdly hard for me to listen to that song, especially the acoustic version, because at his uh, like showing, they played an acoustic playlist of songs, um, you know, Be Quiet and Drive acoustic. Uh, but that song specifically, when I was walking in, I remember that song being on. So whenever the I acoustic hear that, song, version
1: that The acoustic version of that song is gut-wrenching too.
0: Yeah. And so to this day, I have a hard time listening to it all the way through without being emotional. Yeah. Um, there's also a, an acoustic song from the band Bayside um, called Winter which is also about loss. It's about when they got in that accident, the van flipped and their drummer died. Um, there are a lot of things in that song um, because, you know, what happened with me, we were in a little motorized vehicle thing and we slipped into a pond and yada, yada. Um, there are a lot of things in that song that are extremely relevant lyrics that that feel like they're tailor-made for my experience. So that song has always got me as well. Um And what is the other one? I can't think of it now. Um, That being said, I will say that melodic hardcore in general does it to me more than anything else. More than emo, more than heavy. Nothing affects my mood the way melodic hardcore does. If it's melodic hardcore with positive message, I'm fucking vibing. Like I am. I'm ready to take on the world. If it's melodic hardcore with a down message, I'm bummed. That is the only genre that can do it. And I don't know why.
1: Interesting. Yeah, that's very fascinating. Uh, because yeah, because I, I feel you on like yeah. There's like I could name specific songs too that will automatically move me. But uh, um, give me an example.
0: Yeah.
1: Example is the, there's a song called Twinkler by Baroness. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter what mood I'm in, it always it 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 feels like a song that allows that that leads me into experiencing whatever I'm feeling. Does that make sense? Like it's yeah. not it's it's almost like a it's, it's a like song catalyst. That, it's like an accent to an emotion. Like if I'm sad, like the song helps me kind of be in that sadness. If I'm mm-hmm. feeling joyful, it kind of helps me be in that joy.
0: Um you're saying it's a it's a mood enhancing supplement.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Just need some uh, more of that song. <laughs> fucking, I wonder if there's someone out there that just like can't listen to daddy by corn. Like they're just. I'm not, if I'm. <laughs> I,
1: I, you know, it's funny that you bring that up and I don't know. I don't know the, I don't know how, I don't know how, how, how comfortable I feel talking about it, but it is, it's hard for me to listen to that song. Mm. i'll say that uh not uh from an abusive standpoint like a wiener not from, touching not from a sexual abuse standpoint but just yeah. if, uh, from a from a child being abused you know so what when, when i talk about sad and angry music being a part of my life for most of my life like. If, if I, if I really think about it, Korn's first record is the, probably was the first record that, that I really felt something listening to. And, and I was, I was, you know, going through puberty and I was had dealing with a really hard home life. Um, and that was to have a record that was exceptionally angry at parent, at, at, at abusive parents was was pretty big. It's yeah, weird. And we, it's weird. It's, we, I've never really thought about that until you said it just now. That's really weird,
0: Doctor Phil shit.
1: But I always turn the record off before that song comes out.
0: Really? Yeah. Huh. I uh, I will say that it, also around that time. This is, I mean, we're talking about the mid '90s when. Wearing big pants and having spiky hair, like, you, you like that was just not accepted socially. Like, you you know, you go to the fucking store and like you're bound to get somebody's like whatever freak. You know, like yeah. that that was just like normal shit. It is crazy to see nine year olds with just colored hair and shit now. Like it doesn't yeah. matter. Like things things that were so far outside the realm of normal back then are just. Complete pop culture nowadays. you're uh, welcome, kids. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. We struggled. We struggled so you can live like this with your Billy Eilish hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, boy. Uh, speaking th- of kids. Yeah, things were also I'm sorry. I, I was I cut you off. Are you about to switch topics? I am. Uh I was gonna say similarly on switching topics, things were simpler then. Yes. You you just like people ask what kind of music you listen to you're like heavy.
1: Yeah. Or but, but hardcore.
0: Hardcore. Yeah, everything was hardcore. Okay. Like if they, so, if you yell it's hardcore.
1: Yeah, but I got to say man, these kids I sound so old, but these kids with their hardcore subgenres, dude. It is so much p- more painful than the metal than it like we all we all know that guy. This guy. You know, we all know the guy who corrects everybody. We all know the guy who corrects everybody's, uh, you're not even looking at me. We all know the guy who corrects every, I would literally been pointing at myself for 15 seconds. Um, but, uh, who corrects everybody when they say the wrong band genre, when they say, you know, Oh yeah, obituary is my favorite te- technical death metal band and you go <laughs> technical death metal. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's old school. Death metal, American Florida death metal, dude, you know, and, and yes, it's annoying when metal heads do that because metal subgenres are, are something else, but my God, splitting hairs in hardcore for God's sake, man. So uh, here's the context. Somebody, some, some podcast. So here I am going to talk shit. I'm not going to name their name because I, I, to be honest with you, I'm more happy than anything that, that they were engaged with my music, but they, uh, they have some radio show, uh, where they listen to hardcore records and, or listen to records. I don't know if it's all hardcore, but Mm. they reviewed our song and well review. We'll use review lightly because they didn't really comment on any part of the song, uh, except for the, the end it's that conscious song. So the end when it gets really distorted Mm. and, uh, but they just like immediately go, okay, what are they hashtagged? You know, like what are the tags? It says metallic hardcore. No, not really. You know, and they're like going through each one, you know, beat down. It's definitely not beat down. And, and, and then they started saying, they started talking about something called amazing core. And I have no, I looked that up or Lee, uh, Lee looked it up and, and it was something like, something like cliche, hardcore. So I don't know. And then uh they talked about that. And then they, started talking about nardcore which i assume is hardcore from oxnard california uh like like where nails is from and stuff like that but uh okay. or i don't know i don't know that's the thing it's just like there's all these and it's like uh i don't know when i grew up back in my day you had there was like hardcore and it was either it was tough guy hardcore it was youth crew or posy hardcore and then it was like metalcore or metallic hardcore like that was it those were the three melodic hardcore you know like or the four you know there was it's not obviously there's there's split hairs but we all said you when someone said i listen to hardcore you know what they meant they could be talking about shy elude they could be talking about terror they could be talking about hate breed they could be talking about fucking uh have heart i don't know chaos (laughs) yeah but when somebody says hardcore you know what they mean yeah you know what i mean and, uh and, you know, when somebody says death metal, you can say, okay, what kind of death metal? Because there's some very clear, big, big distinctions, you know. But I don't know. It's just so annoying to me. It's just so annoying to me hearing three or four people sit and argue about nitpicky hardcore genres.
0: You know, I, I somewhat agree.
1: But you know what so they were listening to it and they were arguing about it, so what can I ask? What else can I ask for?
0: I somewhat agree and somewhat don't. Like, so I think I think as a whole, genres are good. I think I agree. sub I think sub genres are absolutely needed. And yes. I think as long as you don't think anything of me for not knowing all your subgenres, and as long as I, you know, I'm not thought less of because I don't know your subgenres, I'm fine. Narrow it down as much as you want i'm I'm kind of the outlier here. I want you to narrow it down, but I need to know the categories above it, like all of these weird little sub genres are really just sub genres oh yeah, of, yeah, right. I need to know the categories above it because again, I've said this before if I walk into a grocery, I don't want to just fucking see food and drink. I yeah. want to see chips, beans, soda, you know juice I want to see like. Where everything yes. is, so that I can more easily find uh, what the fuck so, I'm looking for. Yeah,
1: I agree, and and trust me, like I said, I'm the the first guy to correct somebody with the wrong subgenre. I'm I I uh for me, I guess it's maybe it's more my reaction because I'm somebody talking about my music, but uh, mm. but you know, I I personally pride myself in in kind of writing genreless music. Like I have like a direction I want to be. Uh, but I love to cherry pick, you know, I love to go, Oh, I got this death metal riff. And then I got this melodic hardcore riff and I got this kind of beat down thing here. And I kind of put it together into one heavy, scary thing. And I'm full. I'm cool with that. And I kind of, and I feel like if your default is to, I'm not even going to talk about the music until I can fit it into a certain thing, then you've already lost the narrative.
0: Well, let me ask you a question: Who picks the genre of your music? Is it you, or is it people? You're you're correct. It's uh, I know no, what you're. I, I I legitimately am asking this because when people people's perception, ask
1: me, people's perception of it is going to pick the genre, and, and I and like I said, I like being in the place of you know Marinatha specifically. You know, Human Law hasn't played any shows, but uh, uh, I feel like Human Law will fit a little bit better straight up on hardcore shows, but Maranatha is one of those bands that is often too hardcore for the metal bands and too metal, too metal or too sludge for the hardcore scene. So, you know, we jump back and forth between crowd types and show types. Sometimes it's old, dirty stoners. And sometimes it's like young Gen Z straight edge kids. You know what I mean? And so, um, it's people's perception of your music. That's going to guide how eventually so you are i hear what you're
0: saying i'm just it, saying I, that i actually to be honest i wasn't saying anything I, I was i was legitimately asking because when people ask me hey what kind of music do you play i just say it's like this and i tell them what it is i don't think anybody's ever came to me and said otherwise so either i'm nailing it or i i chose what genre i'm going to call myself um i was curious like you know did when you describe it, are you describing it from you know what you felt you were writing at the time of writing it, like, or are you describing what scene you fit into most?
1: Yeah, that's, that's an interesting thing because that, that, that's an interesting way of looking at it because because uh, there is also just the the scene you come from and the ethos, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Human Law, I would call a hardcore band. Uh, I would say. If you were to look at it at face value, there's some hardcore riffs in there, but yeah. it's an ethos, you know, it's the attitude, it's the vibe, it's you know the 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 feeling I'm going for. Nails, the band nails, for all intents and purposes, is like death metal, power violence, grindcore. Todd Jones vehemently, if you ask him, says we are a hardcore band. You know, like he's like, no, Nails is a hardcore band, uh, you know, I, and if I'm talking about genres, no, they're not. <laughs> but it is right. there. There's a hardcore ethos there. Converge. Every time I die, you know, like the, the, these bands, I think, you know, these are the they're hardcore bands at heart. Uh, I actually got in a big argument with my friend the other day about the Acacia Strain because he his, he was like, well, I would consider them closer to like Deathcore or like even like Gent and stuff like that. it's like, yeah, they got those sounds in there, but they're a hardcore band. They're a hardcore, man.
0: That's interesting. You said Converge. It also reminded me. What the fuck, man? Our worlds collided the other day. Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk Wait, are you record. playing the game? Uh, I've been waiting on the game to come out for quite some time. I am not playing it because I know, I know it's, it's getting got, trashed right now. Yeah, it's I know getting that. trashed right now.
1: It's like, hey, guys, you didn't have to release it yet. <laughs> well,
0: they've, put, they've, they've pushed it back
1: a number I know. of times. I know, but it's like, don't just do it just to do it.
0: Yeah. Don't if it's going to look so shitty. Yeah. Don't get bullied into it. Um But yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting that Converge song was on there. A new Converge a, song.
1: A new Converge song, a new Tomb Mold song, which is like a real underground death metal band, you know, stuff like that. But I love how they're different names. Like Converge is called Shattered Void. You know, like that's like pretty cool. Yeah. Also one other new music thing. I'm done talking about sub I'm just going to start getting heated now. But, uh <sighs> um, that if you haven't listened to those two new Every Time I Die songs,
0: you're Absolute fucking, up. fucking Absolutely. Love those songs. Actually, there's one. one uh, give me the two names of them.
1: First one is called... Something with a D. The first one's called like a Colossal
0: Wreck. Oh, yeah. yeah. That one, fucking phenomenal. I mean, that's, like, that's like
1: hot damn. That's like bratty yes. converge style every yes. time I die. Like old yes. school... The second one is kind of that middle era. Every time I die, where he gets a little bit
0: more swaggy. Yeah, I think it's super now, fun. Great, great shit. Uh, a colossal wreck, fucking phenomenal. That record, I had to send that to my old Every Time I Die fans, like people yep. that have moved on and don't even listen or care about the band anymore. I had to be like, "Yo, give this song a chance." And uh, my buddy Andrew, who you know he's too cool to breathe, uh, he was like, "Dude." I haven't thought about every time I die in fucking ten years, and that song just like made me want to listen to him again because that shit rips. Now the second song, um, again, like you said, a little. It starts off a little swaggy and like kind of rough for me. I didn't like jump into that like party chaos that I like from every time I die. That being said, yeah. That being said, the part in the middle that has just the bass and drums that. Fucking classic Every Time I Die sound. Yeah. Loved it. Loved the bass sound on that. So I thought it was ripped. Also, you should look up the lyrics. I mean, the dude is still I did master, master of his game. Master. You know, uh, you you commented. You said that. And that's what prompted me to look him up. Both songs had a similar vibe from lyrical content. It was kind of about the state of the world, it felt like. I don't but know from, if I was the, into-
1: from, Yes, but from somebody who's a little bit wiser. From somebody who has oh, a yeah. family. You know, from somebody who has a family. From somebody who's seen some shit.
0: Yeah, it, was awesome. and it, it, it felt like the current state of the world. Uh, and yeah. he was saying it so elegantly. I'm pretty sure, doesn't he have like a uh, a degree in like English or something? Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: He has a master's. People ask me, I was actually talking about this earlier this week. People ask me all the time, how do you make time? You have two bands, you have a podcast, you have a job, you do freelance, you have a lot of animals, you do all this stuff. How do you make time to do this stuff? Plant daddy. And Plant daddy. And, and, and it's like, because those are the, those are my professors, the Keith Buckley's, the Jake Bannon's, the John Basley from Baroness, the Todd Jones from nails, the Scott Vogel's, these lifers, these guys who have, who have, I mean, look at every time I die. They have put out like 10 records. There's only, in my opinion, like two stinkers in there too. And they're still okay. And, uh, so they put out a lot of fucking records. Andy's got his whole underground wrestling into national wrestling. <laughs> Keith Buckley uh, has a masters in, has a masters in English, is a teacher on and again off again at colleges and high schools. Has published two novels. You know the yeah. Jordan Buckley is a is a accomplished illustrator and designer. I'm sure the other two dudes are doing stuff too. And it's like, and twenty years later. I learned about that band two months after high school, 20 years later, they're still putting out fucking
0: pissed, relevant, hardcore. Holy Uh, shit. To to this day, I still have an email address that was, uh, that was influenced by their first, their five song EP, uh, that has a song called morphine season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That is my email address. To this, on top top of the whole, on
1: top of the whole list I just said is what you're saying it right there is is on top of that, anybody who came out of metalcore, tech metalcore, anybody who came out of that world and started a band, if they tell you that they were not influenced by Every Time I Die, they are lying to you. Absolutely, every band from Norma Jean. All the way down to fucking
0: human law. Fucking love it. You know who people are not influenced by? Trapped. <laughs> Bam from their, Twitter. They got their fucking Twitter taken away, finally. Like, on, it was like a fucking dumpster fire or like a train wreck. Like, you can't help but look, like, look at it. You don't want to look away. Like, I wanted to watch it well, the straw at the same the, time.
1: The straw that broke the camel's back was the fact that he kept, he could not stop arguing about the fact that a 25 year old, Teacher banging a fifteen-year-old
0: student is not pedophilia. Fourteen, I think it was fourteen. Even then, he's talking about like giving the kid high fives and shit. Yeah, I thought that was uh, anyway. Yeah, fuck that guy. Finally, like get the fuck out of here. Be fun to go kick his ass. You is that a official? Are you putting the word out officially? meet me in the DMs, fucking trap, dude. I'll fight your ass. Isn't that fucked up? After all that, I don't even know dude's name. He is Trap Dude. And, trap
1: Dude. And, and name me another Trap song.
0: I literally can't. Did yeah, exactly. Did I ever exactly. tell, you, this, it, I ever tell you the story? Exactly. Did I tell you the story about going to Indiana one time and walking in and be, like literally they were playing? No. <laughs> oh, my God. So Dave was in Indiana. Uh, he was going out there to tattoo at uh, – I can't think what the shop was called. Anyway, uh, he's going out there to tattoo, and Kyle and I were like, oh, fuck. Let's just go to Indiana and hang out with everybody. Like Dave's in town. We got a bunch of friends in Indiana as well. Like let's go. Uh, So we go, and we're hanging out with this dude. um, We're like, what do we do out here? And he's like, well, there's this place. It's like out in the fucking middle of the cornfield, but it's like this big area where like one room has like country music and like one room is like hip-hop. And one room, they usually have a band playing. We're like, cool, let's do that shit. And keep in mind this dude's straight edge. He's just taking us just to fucking go and party because we wanted to rage. We walk in and damn if it's not during Headstrong. I hear, (laughs) I was like, oh, shit. I know this song. I watched this set. There's maybe maybe 50 people watching this band. Mm Mm-hmm. And Kyle and I realized it was fucking trapped. Should have kicked uh, his ass then. Had I had I been able to predict the future, I'd have definitely fought that dude.
1: Do you think um, that you would need it to predict the future? The singer of Trapped to turn out to be a colossal dickhead?
0: Uh, I don't know, man. I'm, I mean, I'm not a guy who to wrote
1: wait. a song called Headstrong. I'll take you on. You you think that maybe he might turn out into a huge dick?
0: I don't know, man. I mean, I feel pretty headstrong. I take on anyone. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that dude for having confidence. It's just that, like, I don't know. I guess I didn't think he'd be such a dick. Like, think about all the hardcore bands we listen to. It's a bunch of, like, tough guy shit. Yeah, I know. It's a bunch I, of tough guy shit. This I, is just a dude just saying, like, hey, man, I'm fucking, I'm feeling good. I'll take on anyone. You know? I'll take you on. I wouldn't matter. As long as you're on time. Twitter. Oh, dude.
1: As I long know. as you're by the keyboard. <laughs>
0: Oh, all right, man. last thing. Last <coughs> thing we should uh, quickly talk about, since the vaccine is approved and it's shipping, they shipped out the first the first round it of them. Couldn't come soon enough if you look at the old charts, eh? Woo. Well, okay. Initial reaction. First of all, I I'm, I should say number one. Are you taking it? At some point, just answer it generally. At some point, are you taking it? Straight into my veins, mouth, asshole, whatever, however I can take it, give it to me. All right. So he's fucking free. If it means I can go
1: see music again, if it means uh, my kids
0: can see other friends. All right. Uh, Number two, how long are you going to wait to take it? Are you fucking, are you wave one? Dude, consider
1: me Cyberpunk
0: 2077.
1: (laughs) 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 No, I mean... (laughs) Realistically, you look at the you you look at it. Normal people like us aren't going to get it to like May or June, probably anyway. So that's what they're saying. They're saying that by it, it, we're not it, we're not looking at like acting kind or normal again until next summer.
0: That's what they're saying. All right. So on record, hell yeah, I'm taking it, and this coming from somebody who I'm skeptical. Don't be wrong. Well, yeah, I mean. Yes. Right. Like, I think everybody is, I mean, vaccines, you know, think about like the flu and all that, like that took years and years and years. Like this was like shit tons of money to expedite the process, just money thrown at it from all direction, which, you know, it it obviously helped. This is stuff that you normally have funding. You have funding for over years and they basically like, you know, exponentially quadrupled and quintupled or whatever the fucking words are. Uh, the amount of people working on it and the amount of money. So, like, I get it. I'm still skeptical that this is, hmm, how do I word it? Like, that this is like the one I should be taking. Oh, I see what like, you mean. Like, 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 what happens if like next year they're like, yeah, we got a better version? I'm like, well, can you fucking, what do, what do we do about the first one? Like, do I got to get this every year? Is it every season? How long? What's the, you know, is it every six months? Like, how many different strains? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I've, I mean,
1: I assume that it'll, I assume that it'll be like the flu vaccine. Uh, I assume that from year to year, flu vaccines change in efficacy.
0: Yeah. And they predict a different strain and they, they basically give you like what they think the dominant strain will be that year. Yeah. Uh, do you get a flu vaccine every year? Uh, I don't do it
1: regularly, but I do, I have, I, I don't, I'm not one of those people that's like, I don't get the, I don't like the, I don't get the flu that easily.
0: Like so I, get, I don't I don't get the flu vaccine. Like I just never do. I yeah. don't know why. I I think actually I will tell you why. I think um long time ago I read a story about how, you know, you can get the fucking flu vaccine anywhere. Like you can go to like your local drugstore and it's yeah. like they just got people like phlebotomists or whatever they are that just like stick your arm, right? Yeah. I've read so many things about people putting the needle in too deep. And like causing causing like – I can't even think of what it's called. Like it's been so long since I've read about this. But like it causes more problems. Oh, weird. Because they stick it in. And I've always worried more about that. I'm like, you know what? If I get the flu, I'll just take it. I'll just de- fucking deal with it. Going forward, now that I've read so many things about the flu and actually – it. I think the coronavirus as a whole made everybody a little more aware that the flu is like not really anything to fuck with either. Yeah. And then all those people saying, Oh, it's no different than the flu. It's like there, there was a little bit of truth to that. Right. There was because like we have tons to prepare for the flu and this, the flu still kills a fuck ton of people every year, even though we've been dealing with it. So like, I get where they're coming from. I think going forward, I might start getting both. I'm just worried that like, yeah. Here's somebody who like never got the flu shot and now I'm about to start getting it. Is it about to fucking yeah. wreck me?
1: The more I think about it, I think the only times I ever got a flu shot when, were the times when Sierra was pregnant. Hmm. To like just kind of help keep it out of the house.
0: Yeah. So shit, man. Alright, man. Eggplants are just Barney dicks. You like that? I'm fucking <laughs> feeling that. I feel you think I can get away with putting dicks? Like, do you think that's cool? Like, will that, will that uh, like, probably, fly? You'll probably have to star that shit. What should I star? Should I star the the I, right? The I.
1: I think it's, I always think it's way funnier if it's, like, D, star, 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 S. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I think that's so
0: much funnier. <laughs> it takes the ick out?
1: You should only star the D.
0: Or uh, just Barney Icks. The ick's. Nah, I'm gonna put the three in the middle. All right. I'm feeling it. Alright, I feel like that wraps us up, man. Episode sixty-seven is in the books. Zencaster, holler at your boys. We need some we just you know what? I don't even need any money. I just want like free Zencaster, you know, stuff. He wants a, and Jeff wants a mug. Send him a mug. Send me a mug. I sip coffee every episode. I'll I'll drink some coffee out of that thing. And on top of that, let me get in that I fucking a program.
1: This coffee <laughs> All All right. right. Peace. Peace.